Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All Things Covered listeners, all Things Covered viewers, for you guys checking us out on YouTube, we appreciate you guys and for you guys that are giving, your, giving us your ears on wherever you listen to your podcast, we appreciate you as well. Brian McFadden, Patrick Peterson, we have another outstanding show for you guys. When it comes to college athletics, uh, college athletics is going a different direction, totally different than what it was when I played. And I'm so mad and angry that I was not a part of college athletics, especially with it involving NIL, name, image, and likeness. And right now, this is the show for you guys when it comes to becoming more informative and learning more about NIL opportunities and the benefits, the pros and the cons. This is the show for you. Uh, we have right now Luke Fetlam. Let me tell you about Mr. Luke, Mr. Fetlam, outstanding, smart, high character individual. He does everything well. Anything that he touches, he does well. And he will give you guys a lot of knowledge about what we're talking about when it regards into NIL. But he's the NIL expert. Uh, he didn't. No one just gave him that name. He earned that name. A uh, non-agent sports attorney, president of the Anomaly Sports Group, partner and chair of, of, the, of, the, of the sports law practice at Porter Wright Law Firm. And you can find him on Twitter and Instagram at Luke Fedlam. Luke, number one, thank you for joining me. And how are you feeling? Brian, man, I'm great, man. Thank you so much for having me. And anytime you want to do my intro, man, I, I think I think you just need to travel with me because that that's I, I appreciate that, man. Hey, hey, Luke, well-deserved. I mean, when you look at all the accolades that are associated with your name and all the positive, productive things you've done, this is what happens. You deserve everything that I said plus <laughs> more. And because of your expertise, you know, we wanted to make sure we, 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 we keep it real, most importantly, but also to educate our listeners, our viewers when it comes to college athletics. Because I, for one, I'm a big fan of college sports. You know, we're currently in March Madness. The Final Four is right around the corner. Of course, spring football is kicking off for a lot of universities. So this will be a major topic when it comes to off the field related information. The same can be said for court, diamond, whatever the, the sport is regarding co college athletics. So, Luke, let's get right to it. Uh, so far, you know, what has been the biggest revelations? in the nine months or so since the NIL had, has started. Yeah, I think the biggest revelation that we've seen is that college sports continue. Name, image, and likeness and the ability for student athletes to actually finally earn compensation, it didn't upend college sports. We're still here. Sports are still going on. Like you said, March Madness, we had a full football season. Football season was successful. You know, in the middle of March Madness right now, coming on to what's going to be a really exciting, you know, Final Four and, and championship time. So I think the biggest revelation, there were so many people that felt like if we pay college student athletes, if they can earn money, that somehow that's going to turn college sports into a professional type of league and, and it's just going to lose some of its luster. That just hasn't happened. I think the biggest revelation is that student athletes still love uh, to play the game. They're passionate about the sport that they play and the school or institution that they play at. And we're continuing on and they can still earn compensation while still playing sports at a high level. 
And what are the biggest trends that have emerged? You know, I think I think the initial big trend that we saw was that a lot of name, image and likeness was based on social media influencing. Mm -hmm. And we've seen where, hey, if you post on social media, post a story on your IG or, or make, you know, post in your feed or on on Twitter, that 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 has been a lot of the common types of deals and, and trends that we've seen. But we're starting to see some things become a little bit more unique and a little bit different. A great example, Paige Beckers. Uh, plays for UConn, a star, absolute rock star at UConn for women's basketball. She's from Minneapolis. And so she just signed an NIL deal as part of the final four uh, that she'll be uh, uh, playing for UConn at. They're going to be serving uh, over 6,000 free meals to young people who are battling food insecurity. And wow. so when you think about that, student athletes historically have been able to align with causes, but it was always a gray area. Is there anything mm -hmm. of benefit that the student athlete is receiving? They can't, they can't get anything. They can't take anything for it. But now that gray area is pretty much gone. And so student athletes can engage not just in making money for themselves, but also to be able to bring awareness and attention to causes that are important to them. Oh, that's dope regarding Paige. I was not aware of that. And I love her game. I think she's one of the best mid-range shooters in, oh, in, 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 in uh, college basketball regarding the women, man. Her mid-range game is is prolific, but that's yep. that's a unique NIL deal to be a part of, and it's very, very helpful. So that, that's definitely new news to me. So let's keep it with you, Luke, individually. What role do you play with different athletic departments? Yeah, so as you shared kind of my intro, you know, I wear two hats. So I'm the, the a partner and the head of sports law here at Porter Wright, which is a law firm where Individually, I work with individual athletes at all levels, not as their agent, but as their general counsel, as their legal counsel. But I also started Anomaly Sports Group about five or six years ago just to focus on educating groups of athletes. We've been fortunate enough. We've got a, about a dozen different NFL teams that bring us in to work with their players, uh, whether it's their rookies or first-year players or coming in and talking with their second and third-year players. You, you remember whenever you'd have those outside speakers come in and talk to you about stuff. That's, that's a lot of what I do. But when it comes to name, image, and likeness, we're working with college athletic departments all across the country on name, image, and likeness and helping not just their student athletes, but also their coaches, their athletic administrators understand this new business side of sports. I think everybody can understand how a student athlete needs to learn the business side of sports, understanding money, taxes, uh, contracts, as it comes to endorsement deals and things like that. But let's also not forget heads of compliance, uh, student athlete development leaders on college campuses all across the country, they've never had to deal with this before. They've yeah. never had to deal with a student athlete being able to sign a contract and they've never looked at what an endorsement deal might look like for an individual athlete, but now they're thrust into the middle of that. But then also when, when new opportunities arise, things like cryptocurrency, NFTs, right? Digital memorabilia. We have to educate coaches and athletic directors and others on this so that they can understand and can talk intelligently to their student athletes about this. So ultimately mm -hmm. the student athletes don't get taken advantage of. So a lot of the work that I do with athletic departments at schools across the country is focusing on the education of everyone involved that touches name, image, and likeness so that the athletes don't get taken advantage of. And so that hopefully schools then don't get embarrassed by having a student athlete that does get taken advantage of. And speaking of that, Luke, it's not just about educating the coaches, but how do you see this NIL opportunity becoming beneficial 
when it comes to recruiting high school prospects. Because I, for one, I'm starting to hear when it comes to recruiting, most of these high school prospects, they're not just concerned about the on the field opportunity. They're not concerned about the academic opportunity. Now the NIL opportunity is starting to trump, trump the on the field concerns and the academic concerns and their parents are involved in it as well. I'm hearing some prospects say to some coaches that, you know, what, what kind of NIL deals you have for me? And parents is doing the same thing. What do you have set up for my child? If he comes to your university, we have this school promising us, quotation marks, promising <laughs> us that we can get this NIL deal. What can you do? So how, when it comes to your role, how are you able to tap into the recruiting limelight when it comes to NIL opportunities and talking to high school prospects and their parents? BMAC, you hit this right on the head. This is what it's all about. And it's name, image, and likeness with, where schools look at it as another asset that they have to help recruit. Mm. Now, when it comes to what governs name, image, and likeness, it's really either school policy and or state law, right? Now, obviously, school policy can't trump state law. So when schools have created their policies, if they're in a state that has a state law, they their policy has to align with what that state law is. Other schools don't. Now, there is a common belief that schools can't use name, image, and likeness to promise a student athlete, hey, we're going to pay you this because the schools can't pay, it, right? Mm -hmm. Schools can't pay the student athlete. It really comes back to a third party, a company uh, doing that. But over the past, what, nine months, 10 months, we've heard this phrase called NIL collective that didn't exist a year ago. And a collective is now basically a fund that has been created by donors, alumni, fans of a particular institution, and it's focused on raising money, collecting donations to be able to do NIL deals with student athletes at that particular institution. The Atlantic just had an article that came out here recently, the past week or two, that talked about a five-star high school prospect who's class of 2023 that has signed an NIL deal that has incentives and different things that could end up being an over an $8 million deal. Mm, wow. Now, I, uh, I ran track at a uh, cross country and track at Wake Forest University, my alma mater for one year. So I still got three years of eligibility left and I'll do whatever kind of training is necessary to be able to get those kind of deals. But, but it's true. Schools are using name, image, and likeness as an asset. What other assets do they use to recruit? They, they use their coaching staff that yep. they're paying, you know, an unbelievable amount these days for, for high quality coaches. They use their facilities, right? Hey, how many, uh, how many football Locker rooms now have a, a barber shop in it and all the best tricked out amenities possible. They're using their academics, whatever they can use to recruit the top talent. That's what they're doing. Name, image and likeness and what the school is doing within the NIL space. That's another asset that schools can use when they're recruiting top talent. Yeah, and, and no doubt, I think for me, if I was coming out now as a high school prospect, yes, I'm concerned about the depth chart. I'm concerned about the, the, the coaches and how they develop their players. But I'm also concerned about financial opportunities. So yes, if you're a major university, you should use that as a recruiting pitch to these parents, to these players. And one thing you hit on that a lot of people are not familiar with, state laws. There are certain states in our country that prevent some in-state schools in being able to benefit off the name, image, and likeness. And 
how crucial a role do different states play in how they set up NIL rules and regulations? I know for the state of Florida, they have some very, very intense rules that prevents certain in-state schools to really pitch NIL opportunities. So, so it, it really is fascinating, and you're, you're spot on. The, the state laws are what drive all of this. I mean, that's why NIL even became an opportunity is because California started in 2019, and they approved their state law that said, hey, student-athletes in the state of California can earn compensation by licensing their name, image, and likeness. Florida, to your point, then Florida jumped in and said, great, we're going to do the same thing, but we're going to push the timeline. And so their timeline is what made it a reality of July 1st of this past year, 2021. Mm -hmm. But state laws really dictate what a school can and can't do or how a school can or cannot be involved when it comes to name, image, and likeness. One common theme that we hear is ultimately about student-athletes not being able to uh, or rather schools not being able to pay the student athlete or to promote name, image, and likeness opportunities to the student athlete. What they'll say will be things like the school has to stay out of it. Now, other, other states either don't have rules or laws in place, or they maybe have more lax laws that are really just about the idea of, hey, you can't, um, uh, you know, you can do your deals, but you can't, uh, you know, promote banned substances or other, um, you know, adult entertainment or things along yeah. those lines. Right. But, but beyond that, it's wide open. So that's a really interesting, fascinating kind of look at how state laws really can dictate how different schools can engage in name, image, and likeness. Yeah. And I think some schools that have, that are in the States where the rules are not as intense, they have a, a step up on some of the other schools and other States where a little, it's a little more difficult to really pitch certain things to, recruits and guys that want to transfer into their school uh you hit you talked about briefly about an eight million dollar nil deal but what are some of the most notable deals you've heard of you've seen so far yeah so all different kinds of deals um seen some interesting ones i know early on in the in the uh, last year's football season we saw some national football deal uh, national deals with football uh student athletes um mm-hmm whether it was Dr. Pepper, whether it was uh, Bojangles and, and some other brands that did some national deals, which is always interesting, right? Because once you see it happen once, then you know it's possible and other student athletes will want to kind of continue to push that envelope. But here's one that I found that's very interesting. And this is, I think, uh, indicative of potentially where things may continue to go, especially as NIL can align with what we see with some professional athletes and how they're engaging in their own endorsement deals at the pro level. Yep. And that is... Uh, Caleb Williams. So Caleb Williams was a true freshman last year, quarterback that came in at Oklahoma um, Mm -hmm. after Spencer Rattler got benched, you know, obviously, you know, came in, did incredibly well, had a great season and all that. He ended up entering the transfer portal and followed Lincoln Riley to USC. After he ended up at USC, there was news about multiple different NIL deals that he engaged with, and one of them in particular, so he's known for painting his fingernails. That's just something that he does, motivation, what have you. That's his style. And so there was a a cosmetics company that wanted to do an NIL deal with him, and so he now has equity. He has ownership in that company. And that's something that we've, you know, up until this point, really just seen at the professional level where hey, I'm a pro athlete. I have that celebrity status. You might be an up and coming company, a startup. And so instead of paying me what my value is, if I believe in what you're doing, I'll lend my celebrity status to it. I'll take ownership. And if you blow up, you might get bought out, et cetera. 
then I get that percentage of, of, of ownership and that that's value there. So to see that now start to happen at the college level, I think shows you the business side of NIL and where things are going to continue to go. So number one, I didn't know that that's great information, uh, Luke. I did not know. And I noticed him last year playing for Oklahoma. I didn't know if I was seeing things, but I thought I'm like, is, is this fingernails painted? But, you know, to each his own. Right. But right, right. he was able to benefit off of something that he has been doing for whatever particular reason. And now he's part ownership of that cosmetic company, as you just stated. But when it comes to cash like nil opportunities some people get endorsements some people get cars some people might get us get cash sprinkled in to that nil opportunity as well but how important is it for these prospects to understand taxes because when we hear some of these numbers a lot of these players and a lot of their parents and loved ones they instantly believe oh if this guy's getting fifty fifty thousand dollars cash for nil opportunity it's all of their money but when it comes to educating everyone that's involved, when it comes to taxes, tell us a little bit about that area. It's not a gray area. We understand it's either white or, white or black when it comes to taxes. But some people don't think that they're getting taxed when it comes to some of these financial opportunities regarding cash. Absolutely. Taxes is most definitely a black and white area. And the black and white nature of it says you need to pay your taxes. Right. I mean, that's kind of the bottom line. And and the IRS they they will find people. I mean, we have so many stories of, of other celebrities, not even non-athlete celebrities who've tried to avoid taxes or not paid taxes. And the IRS, they will ultimately find you and deal with that. In the NIL space, taxes have got to be part of the educational equation when we talk about how student athletes can navigate name, image, and likeness. Mm-hmm. It's, oftentimes I'll get asked the questions, well, what keeps you up at night about NIL? And and really it's the it's the the idea of a student athlete not paying their taxes and the IRS coming back that that really does kind of keep me up at night because it's a serious aspect of this. So let's just use what you shared. Let's use as an example. Let's just say a student athlete has a marketing agent uh, and the marketing agent finds that student athlete a $20,000 deal, right? They go make an appearance for a couple hours at a car dealership, sign some autographs, you paid $20,000. The mindset of an athlete has to be that I understand the business side of this transaction. Because if not, I could get into a lot of trouble. And here's how. If the marketing agent found me that deal, and let's say the marketing agent charges 20%, well, that's $4,000 right there. That's $4,000 out of that $20,000 that has to go out. From a tax perspective, to plan for it, making sure that I'm going to have to cover local, state, federal taxes, I should probably set aside anywhere from 35 to 50%, just to be on the safe side. It's always better to save more for your taxes and not owe anything and have some yeah. leftover than to not have saved enough and now be in a situation where you're owing the IRS. So if you say, let's say set aside 50,000, I mean 50% of that 20,000, now you've set aside 10,000. So between that 10,000 that you've set aside for taxes, the $4,000 that you've paid to the marketing agent, that's $14,000. So mm-hmm. if in your head you've thought, wow, I've got $20,000 to spend. You don't, you have $6,000. Yep. So it's that understanding of the business equation that comes with taxes and engaging in name, image, and likeness. One of the reasons that it's important for people to understand why is because the student athlete in an NIL deal is not an employee of that organization, that company. Even a pro athlete doing an endorsement deal, they are not an employee. They are an independent contractor, which means- yep that company does not withhold any taxes. So whatever amount they pay 
they pay the full amount that's set forth in the contract, 50,000, 100,000, you know, 600,000, whatever that number is. So you have to understand that as that independent contractor, you've got to set money aside to cover your tax bill when the tax man comes wanting their money. Yep. And one thing I would advise for our listeners and viewers that are part of the college athletic world right now, when you get on, when you get these opportunities, let's say if it's a $50,000 opportunity and like Luke just mentioned, your independent contract contractor, please note and document everything because when it's time to file taxes, you have to provide everything that you received. And for me, I didn't, wasn't a part of an NIL world when I played college sports, so I didn't have to provide anything. And we know as college students, we're out having fun doing what we're supposed to do in the sports area that we're in, arena that we're in, and we're having fun. So you don't want to forget, man, yo, I just had a $50,000 endorsement opportunity signing some cards, and you don't even document that down when it's time to do your taxes. And now it's imperative for these big name players to start finding financial advisors that can help them when it comes to taxes, when it comes to establishing a financial portfolio at an early age, because if you don't, you will get taken advantage of and you will have to owe a lot of people. But when we see these deals, well, not we as in me and you, but a lot of people see these deals and these kids, they're thinking, yes, I get 50,000, but you got to pay the one who set that money up for you and you will have to pay the IRS. And that's something that a lot of people are not talking about. And I'm so glad you were able to hit on that as defined as you were able to do so, because that's something that is going under the radar. Luke, when you look at the NIL and how it's impacting student athletes, how is it impacting the individuals that don't play football or basketball? So you look at, in most blue blood universities, football is the, is the prime money maker or basketball. But what about some of the other sports involved in that in that said university? How how is the NIL opportunities impacting those players that play other sports that don't bring in the top dollars? Yeah, that's the really exciting part about name, image and likeness is it's really equal opportunity. It's open. Anyone can participate. So what we see is, yes, the big stories come out about football and basketball. Usually those are bigger numbers as well. But interestingly, we've seen some seven-figure opportunities with women's gymnastics uh, athletes. We have seen other deals where if you, you don't have to even be the star athlete in order to get the deals. You could be a bench warmer, right? But you happen to have a strong social media following because yeah. of whatever. You're witty on social media online or you do something else online that causes people to follow you. There are opportunities there as well. So when we look at name, image, and likeness, it is an opportunity for student athletes in all sports. But here's one of the things, and, and I'll, I'll talk to student athletes, like I said, at schools all across the country, mostly power five schools, but big schools, small schools, all different regions of the company. Here's a common thing. We always ask them, do you currently or do you plan on participating in name, image, and likeness? And the answers can be yes, no, or I'm unsure. And it usually breaks down around 50% say yes, and then about 50%, some split between no and unsure. Yeah. And oftentimes I'll follow that up with, okay, cool. Um, how many people plan in the off season, your off season this summertime or whenever that may be to do a, a camp or a clinic or coach kids, almost everybody raises their hand. And when we look at 
especially our Olympic sports, our non-revenue producing sports, the field hockey, uh, the ice hockey, the you know gymnastics, whatever, softball, whatever it may be, a lot of those athletes can go back to their hometowns. They can get you know high school students that want to learn how to be a D1 athlete, let's say, playing that particular sport and have their parents pay for a camp. And now that student athlete in college is able to earn compensation from running that camp. And we've also seen that there are some coaches that have the, the camp clause in their contracts where they do camps on campus. And we've seen a lot of them then say, okay, hey, we're going to have our student athletes run this camp. I'll keep my name on it as coach, but we'll put the student athlete's name on it, allow them to, uh, to earn compensation from these camps and clinics as well. So we've really seen this opportunity for student athletes across sports to engage in NIL and to really get paid off of NIL. It doesn't have to just be a big endorsement deal. Yeah. It could be as simple as I want to have a camp or a clinic where I teach kids how to play water polo. Yeah. And, and Luke, earlier in our show, in our discussion, you mentioned Paige, talented uh, basketball player, women's basketball player for UConn and her NIL opportunities. But our females, our female athletes getting ample opportunities with NIL. Yeah, they really are. And they're getting those opportunities because they, um, broadly, generically speaking, they are more engaged with their social media following than their male counterparts. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times you could take an example of, let's just say a football player could post a picture of them playing in the game after, you know, after the game is over and get, you know, thousands and thousands of likes and comments and all that. But the player doesn't do anything with it. They just post it out there and they move on to the next thing. Yeah. Women's like women athletes oftentimes are much more engaged with their following and commenting and replying and responding and engaging in that conversation, which creates um, a more valuable, engaged following for brands who are looking for those impressions on social media to drive their product or to drive their service that they're mm -hmm. providing. So so in those instances, women student athletes are getting the opportunities and they're profiting from those opportunities. And it goes beyond just social media, too. Now you have student athletes, women student athletes, some who have started to model, some who have done their own, started their own companies, for-profit and non-profit, others who have gotten involved in causes and, and marketing the causes that are important to them. So we're seeing women athletes engage in social media, which are, excuse me, engage in name, image, and likeness, which is great because name, image, and likeness is that great equalizer when it comes to, to sports and athletes being involved. Yeah. Well, Luke, what does the future look like for NIL? Right, right now, people would describe name, image, and likeness as kind of the wild, wild west in that mm -hmm. it's, it's just there's really no oversight to it. And it's really going to be like that for the coming years. There's really only two entities that could provide restrictions to name, image, and likeness or, or really create a national standard, right? So we don't have to look at individual states and individual school policies. And those two entities are the NCAA and Congress. Mm -hmm. The NCAA can't do it now because they lost a major Supreme Court case last year called NCAA versus Alston. And in that case, that really is what where the court unanimously said, hey, NCAA, you don't have all the authority that you thought you did. And student athletes have rights. Yeah. Bottom line. So from that perspective, the NCAA can't really restrict name, image and likeness. So then we look to Congress. Congress right now is really dealing with a whole lot of other issues besides determining whether or not and, and how student athletes should be able to earn compensation from their name, image, and likeness, dealing with Russia, Ukraine, dealing with infrastructure, other domestic policy. So I really think that for the foreseeable future, we're not going to see a national standard, which means we're going to see schools 
and student athletes continue to be innovative, creative, and find mm -hmm. new ways to engage in name, image, and likeness, new ways to get paid, new ways to earn compensation off of licensing their celebrity status. And I think it's going to be really interesting to watch. Yeah. And, and I think it will continue to become more intense, entertaining, and of course, beneficial for all parties that are involved. Uh, Luke Fedlam, thank you. Thank you for this candid conversation. I know I gave in your intro, intro uh, where people can find you, but of course you represent players. You are very hands-on when it comes to NIL opportunities. If there's a player, a prospect, male or female, that's watching, listening to us right now and want to learn more about what you can do, your services and the people you work with, uh, what's the best way to get in contact with you? Absolutely. You can find me on social media. You can shoot me DMs at Luke Fedlam. A uh, really easy way to do that. You can also just search if you Google Luke Fedlam, F-E-D-L-A-M, uh, and, you know, throw sports law in there. You'll find my bio on our website for the firm for Anomaly Sports Group, AnomalySportsGroup.com. You can find me on, on, on social media and online. I would love to be able to help out wherever there is need. No question. And not just from the prospect standpoint. Also, university-wise as well, he already stated he goes across the country visiting some of these Power Five universities, trying to educate and inform uh, the powers that be of these opportunities for their players and the current prospects that they're recruiting. Uh, he is the NIL expert. Like I said, he didn't just give him that himself that name. It was earned and well-deserved. Once again, Luke Fedlam joining me here, all things covered. Brian McFadden, Patrick Peterson, man, we don't just cover football. We don't just cover basketball. We cover everything on this show, and we definitely were, we were able to do so in today's episode. Luke, once again, thank you for joining me. Be safe, and we will be in, in touch. Hey, Brian, thanks so much for having me, man. Yes, sir. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.